Chapter Twenty Five of As in a Mirror by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Five In Every Respect Save One. Mr. Marvin's prayer at family worship that evening revealed to Nanny that her mother had told him her story. She had shrunken nervously from doing it herself. It seemed to her that she could not bear the look of that pure-eyed, unworldly father when he first heard of his cherished daughter's temptation and downfall. She used that pitiless word in thinking of herself. Rex might blind his eyes to it if he would, and she blessed him for doing it. But she herself knew that she had sinned. And her father, who would lose every poor penny he could earn rather than wrong anyone, would be clear-eyed in regard to this thing. She wanted him to know the whole, she assured her mother that she could not sleep until he was told, but somebody beside herself must tell him. And the father's prayer fell like a balm on her wounded and sensitive spirit. There was such a touch of the divine sympathy in it that Rex had shown, and that she had thought no other possibly could. As he prayed, she found herself saying over softly the words, like as a father pitieth his children. And then, with a sudden rush of tears that were not altogether unhappy, she cast herself upon the pity of her infinite father, and rested. He came and kissed her after the prayer, that dear earthly father, who had just opened heaven for her. And his voice trembled as he said, God keep my daughter pure. I bless him for having kept you thus far trust him and he will bring you through to the end in peace poverty is not the worst trial that can befall what a strange prayer that was of father's kate marvin said as the sisters in their room lingered over the night toilet one who did not understand the state of things might have supposed that nan had just had a fortune left her instead of having just lost one nan seems different too said the thoughtful alice she has been gentler and less nervous all day than i have seen her for a long time perhaps well said kate after waiting what seemed to her a reasonable length of time perhaps what i was only thinking that perhaps nanny too had discovered something that father and mother have always had what is that a mysterious power, Katie, to help them over hard places, and keep them sweet and strong. Some people find it by praying. Don't you know that father and mother do? Blessed are those fathers and mothers of whom their children can give such testimony. It was true that Nanny Marvin found herself more at rest that evening than in weeks, it almost seemed to her years, before. The great strain was over, they were poorer, poorer by contrast than ever before. The years stretched between Rex and herself, the hard work lay before them all. Nevertheless, as she knelt to pray, her first thought was one of gratitude. God had brought her through, and though years might stretch between her and Rex, there was no gulf between them now. It seems a pity that dull mornings must so often follow periods of mental exaltation. With the next morning's dawn, 
nanny marvin felt the prosaic side of her life more keenly than she had at all depths of misery and heights of peace are both more interesting than the middle ground of everyday duty nanny was quiet but sad the irritable stage had passed and her voice had recovered the gentle note which habitually belonged to it but it was hard to go about her room folding away out of sight and mind those pretty wedding fineries that she had prepared with such painstaking care she did not delay the task there was an old trunk in the attic which she had had brought down almost before daylight and into which she folded away sundry garments and a dress or two that would be too fine for her now it is all horrid said kate who had been helping her move the trunk i'd rather she would scold it feels as though there had been a funeral and she turned abruptly away to hide the tears perhaps nanny had something of the same feeling she had slept quietly most of the night but had awakened early to think and plan rex should not have all the hard work this time she was resolved upon so much she too would go to work hildreth wanted to give up her position her father and mother were not willing that she should teach any longer and hildreth herself wanted to go away for a year of study they had talked it all over together in the fall how hildreth would teach for one winter only and nanny had been secretly glad that instead of planning to go away for study she was planning to go to her own beautiful home and make life glad and bright for ever so many people they had wondered who would take hildreth's place in the school and had gone over their list of acquaintances and been sure that none of them would quite suit and hildreth had said half mournfully oh nanny if it could be you how delightful it would be for my girls and boys nanny had laughed and blushed and declared that she did not see her way clear to take up even such beautiful work now her way was clear she would talk with hildreth about it that very day hildreth had once said that if a suitable person could be found she would like to be relieved before the spring term if she was of the same mind now not many weeks hence nanny might be at work it would help a little there were other ways too in which money might be earned although she was grave-faced and a bit sorrowful that morning she was tingling with energy yet she had a tear or two for the wedding dress as she folded it away she dried them quickly when she heard rex's voice in the hall below and went down to him in a very few minutes i had to pass the house on an errand he explained as he held her hand and i did not succeed in passing you perceive this is a bright winter morning nanny how would a brisk walk over to mr potter's place suit you she gave him a quick regretful look oh rex you are going to offer your horse for sale i am going to tell him he may have her he has envied me her possession for so long that it seems a pity not to gratify him but that horse is your very own oh certainly she has nothing to do with my uncle's estate but you know nanny you and i are not going to keep a horse just yet that is one of the luxuries awaiting our future come the walk out there will do you good no she said resolutely 
i am not going to begin in that way i am to work too rex i have plans and i must set about carrying them out this very morning what are your plans perhaps i shall not agree to them you are not at liberty to carry them out remember until i give you leave mrs marvin command your eldest daughter that she accompany me for a walk the morning is just right for it is she averse to it asked mrs marvin smiling as she paused in her transit through the hall i would go nanny it will do you good that is not to be my motto any longer mother i am going to work ah but the work can wait for one morning pleaded rex you want to tell me all about it you know and honestly nanny i shall have very few mornings after this i shall not hinder you again in ever so long i have some plans to tell you about that are calculated to hasten the time the latter part of this sentence was spoken low for her ear then he suddenly changed his tone nanny you are about to have a call or your father is just hide me in the kitchen or somewhere won't you i don't care to be hindered by that man this morning he will have a dozen questions to ask if he sees me what can he want with your father who is it asked nanny as she followed rather than led the way to the dining-room mrs marvin having disappeared it is my uncle's lawyer i placed that paper in his hands last night had to wait until the late train before i could see him he was absent all the afternoon so i merely handed it to him with the statement that it would explain itself of course i enclosed a note stating who had found it and then came away it made me too late to come out here last night as i had planned so i was the more glad of this opportunity this morning he must have taken the eight o'clock train out his business must be urgent i cannot imagine what it can be said nanny wonderingly and vaguely uneasy at the same time father has no business dealings with him that i know of i wish we had gone out rex before he came i feel as though i did not want to see him oh we need not see him said rex cheerfully i am not ready for a business talk with him yet there are some papers to go over first i told him so in my note nanny if you will put on your wraps we can slip out of this dining-room door and be off then mrs marvin opened the door and closed it after her it is judge bernard rex he is in search of you and he says he wants to see nanny too on important business nanny shivered like a leaf and grew deathly pale my dear said rex soothingly do not be startled nor troubled there is nothing that need annoy you some absurd technicality i presume that might as well have waited until another time but the average lawyer does not deal in common sense i will go out and see him and spare you the annoyance if possible and i have no doubt that it is but he was too late the door that mrs marvin thought she had closed after her did not latch and it presently swung slowly open of its own will judge barnard who was standing near it turned at the sound good morning he said am i to come in here and suiting the action to the word he walked toward rex holding out his hand 
there was nothing for that gentleman to do but receive him with what grace he could good morning miss marvin said the judge again turning toward nanny he had met her in the capacity of secretary in squire hartwell's library and he now bestowed a look of more than ordinary interest upon her he was a dignified man of more than middle age and looked as though he could on occasion deal in common sense he stood very high in his profession and it was long since he had attended in person to the minor details of business the annoyed young man who was watching him could not but think that he had been moved this morning by a vulgar desire to see how both nanny and himself bore the very unusual fortune that had fallen to them he had to exert himself to speak with courtesy mrs marvin said that you wished to see me judge bernard i suppose there is no occasion for our detaining miss marvin yes said the judge with interested eyes still upon nanny the matter about which i have come to talk concerns her also then he looked about for a seat rex hartwell controlled his inward indignation and brought forward chairs for the three i examined with a good deal of interest the paper you left with me last night judge bernard began deliberately an unusual degree of interest i may say and following its examination came some very interesting developments may i ask if the discovery of this paper has to any extent been made public rex gave a swift glance at nanny before he replied it has sir to quite an extent we were rather anxious that our friends should know of the discovery and of our change of plans as promptly as possible he had adopted the plural pronoun in every reference to the subject though as a matter of fact it was nanny who had insisted upon telling the news as promptly and as widely as lay in her power it was one form that her nervousness took it is a pity said judge bernard dryly because there are people who will talk themselves ill over an affair of this kind and you might have saved their tongues a good deal of work i had a remarkable caller last night after i saw you some time after indeed i think it was nearly midnight when he came he was none other than the young man in whose favor your uncle drew a will the heir said rex in surprise has he heard of the discovery so soon yes he has been spending some time in this neighborhood it seems and making the acquaintance of his friends unknown to them judge bernard evidently enjoyed the bewilderment he was causing he paused between each sentence and looked from one to the other as if to give them time to absorb his statements in short he is none other than your neighbor's man of all work mr elliot's farm joins this one i believe john stewart exclaimed rex and nanny in almost the same breath that is the name by which he has chosen to be known but the surprising part of my statement is yet to come he called upon me for the purpose of saying that he repudiated the entire property he would have nothing to do with it in any shape except to turn it over as rapidly as the forms of law would allow to the rightful heir he affirmed what we all believe mr hartwell 
that the property by right belongs to you and that your uncle in his sane mind so intended that the other will was a freak of the moment and has no moral ground to stand on therefore he declares that it shall not stand but i cannot have this sort of thing said rex in great excitement my uncle made the will and lived for weeks afterwards and did not alter it we have nothing to do with what ought to have been we must deal with what is i decline to have my uncle's property on any such ground then we apparently have two obstinate men to deal with said judge bernard smiling as though he greatly enjoyed the whole the other is equally obstinate he will change his mind who is he judge bernard and why has he been posing as a stranger is he a laboring man hardly not at least in the sense you mean i have the climax to my story yet in reserve he is john stuart king the scholar traveller author and what not their astonishment seemed to satisfy the judge it was so great as to almost drive personal matters from their minds for the moment well said rex at last he has my uncle's property to look after that is all you may tell him that i utterly refuse to receive as a gift from him what my uncle did not choose to leave me judge bernard turned suddenly to nanny do you approve of such a wholesale renunciation as that miss marvin he asked nanny's answer was quick and to the point certainly i do mr hartwell is not an object of charity it may be noble in the man to feel as he does i think it is but a will is a will and however unjust people must abide by it judge bernard leaned back in his chair and laughed the young people regarded him with astonishment and disapproval excuse me he said this is quite a new experience to me there is not much in my profession to afford enjoyment i told you that the climax of my story was to come now you shall have it that paper you found miss marvin was undoubtedly the last will and testament of this young man's uncle squire hartwell it is duly signed and dated and all the forms of law are correct in every respect save one it is a facsimile of the one that i drew up for squire hartwell but instead of john stuart king being the heir every solitary penny of the entire property is left to miss annette l marvin on condition that she marry his obstinate nephew joshua reginald hartwell miss marvin are you going to consent to meet those conditions or are you like the gentleman obstinate but for the third time in nanny marvin's life the room began to whirl around and judge bernard instead of waiting to be answered went in haste to find a glass of water End of chapter 25